2: Allows me to know God. By the way, he'll help me ask for the right things. Says if we ask in his will, he'll give it to us. So this thing of prayer, spending time with God, it all goes back. I mean, really, we just sit here and God knows the future? No, but he wants us to know him and to trust him. And it's all about a personal relationship. So I encourage you in your quiet time, take time, make sure you're praying, ask the right questions, and respond that God will answer to you. Too often, prayer is used or thought
0: of as, I'm gonna make God my genie and make him give me what I always wished for. Or, prayer is prayed with a fatalistic idea. God doesn't really care about me, so why bother praying attitude? Both of these mindsets are incorrect. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the proper use and role of prayer, using David's life as an example you will learn that prayer is primarily a way to communicate with God, both talking and listening. Having a consistent and vibrant relationship with God is the key to having a successful prayer connection with Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 23 as he continues in this series called The Life of David.
2: Hear
1: your lessons
2: for David is a role model for these 400 men. They're in training. How do you do life? How do we decide where to go and what to do? They're looking to David. What does David do? He goes back to the Lord. This is the next thing you want to write. When you see that principle, every parent is a godly leader. Every manager is a godly leader. Every pastor and elder is a godly leader. So a godly leader seeks human wisdom, but ultimately obeys God. It's not wrong. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs to get wisdom counsel from men and women is good. But bottom line, when God says, go for it, you just go for it. David's training these people. But notice how clear was this answer to David? Very clear. Yes. 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 And then the second time he went, God wasn't angry. He even clarified it a little more. Notice he says, you go and I will give the Philistines into your hand. Victory's already done. Now, wouldn't that be nice? All this hype that we're hearing this week in the Super Bowl. I don't have a word from the Lord, by the way, in case you think. (laughs) But God already knows. Now, how does God know this? God knows the future. God knows the future. That's huge. Now, again, you'll hear that that we can know the will of God because my sheep, John 10 says, listen to my voice. I know them. I know them, and they follow me. So David hears the voice of God. Yes. Yes. Twice. Didn't change it. Human wisdom says no. No. I'm telling you, yes. You do it, you will be victorious. So what do we see in verse 5? So David and his men went to Keilah, fought the Philistines, carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines, and they saved the people of Keilah. Now, God fulfilled his promise to David and the army. As these men are there, these 400, they're understanding something very important. Here it is. The promises of God should give us confidence to obey. When God says, do the right thing, I'll take care of you. Just do the right thing, and God will take care of us. That's huge. God doesn't lie. He cannot lie. Now, there's one other thing I want to bring in here very quickly. Notice David inquires of the Lord. Because he can't go to a Ten Commandment and get his answer in the Ninth Commandment. This isn't like, should I lie? Should I commit adultery? Should I do this? This doesn't go back to the book of Leviticus where God laid out all these principles. This is something that you can't find. So he has to go to the Lord. He's not going to the Lord and saying, well, I know you said not to do this, but I think I should know So you don't want to waste your time asking God for something that's already answered in here. Make sense? If it's answered here, it's answered here. God isn't going to change his mind. That's what you do. And of course, that's why we need to know the word of God. And there's nothing wrong with asking. I think it's very good. People sometimes say to all of us, well, I think I'm going to ask you a dumb question. I said, well, go ahead. We're all dummies. Just ask it because I'm right here, too. So don't be that way. If you don't know what the Bible says, good to ask. Does the Bible speak about this anywhere specifically? If it does, and of course, we get a lot, a lot of that in what area? Marriage, divorce, all those kind of things. So the Bible does speak about it. When it isn't clear, then we go to ask and ask God to minister to us. Now, what was God doing? Remember we told you that God uses leaders to move people from here to there. What did David just do? He moved his whole army from here to there. On what? On the promise of God. So we're always moving. We're always going forward. And this is exactly what you see David doing. He moved his entire army to Keilah. By the way, Keilah was a great city. It was a a walled city. But again, next to the Philistines, subject to problems. Now verse 6. This is where many people think verse 6 is kind of a repetition. Should have gone back to where verse 2 is. No, Abiathar, son of uh, Ahimelech, had brought the ephod down with him when he fled to David in Keilah. And Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. And he said, God has... So we've changed now. We're back in the kingdom. We're back uh, at Jerusalem. Here, here's here's uh, King Saul. And Saul was told that David had gone to... A uh, Kielo. How he knows? Who knows? Spies everywhere. Whatever. Don't know what's happening. And he said, "God is handing him over to me, for David has imprisoned himself by entering town with gates and bars." In other words, remember, he's he's in this Keilah, which is wall city. So the word comes back to Saul, and Saul goes, "I got him. God has finally done it right. He's put him in a place where he's cornered." Now, how deceived is Saul? A 100% deceived. Saul thinks he's hearing from God. He's not hearing from God. God is not going to put David in a place where... You're going to see all through the Scripture. For these next 20 years, David's always on the run. God always protects him. Why? Because the promise was for who to be the next king? David. But Saul is so deceived... He thinks he's hearing from God, but he's wrong. Remember, we can hear three voices. The voice of self, the voice of Satan, and the voice of God. He's hearing two voices. The voice of Satan, and he's hearing himself. I'm going to get David. We have to be careful to know what we want, what we desire, and make sure that we're not hearing from God because we want that so bad. All of us in this room have talked ourselves into something because we wanted it. Every one of us. What was the fruit of that? It was not good. So be careful. That's why you need to go to somebody else in those kind of cases. Now verse 8. So what does Saul do? I'm hearing from God we got David. Saul called up all his forces for battle to go down to Keilah and to besiege David and his men. Now, when David learned that Saul was plotted against him, just stop there for a moment. Sometimes we just read these sentences go around. How in the world did David hear? Somehow God has this connection out there. I mean, this is like amazing Star Wars kind of stuff going on. Probably it's just people, obviously. But David learned that Saul was plotting against him. And he said to Abiathar, the priest, here we go again, bring the ephod. So this thing is working 24-7 with David. Now, once once he comes with this ephod, what's going to happen? Well, we're going to have this breastplate again, these two stones, this ermum and thumum, and watch what happens. And David said... O Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Keilah and destroy the town on account of me. Now, why David asked this is strange to me, but obviously insight from God. Will the citizens of Keilah surrender me to him? And will Saul come down as your servant has heard, O Lord God of Israel, tell your servant, And the Lord said, he will. And look at the next question. And again, David asked, will the citizens of Keilah surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, they will. Wow. Who would even think of asking that? What has David just done for this town? Hello? saved. Saved all the people. Saved all the wheat. Saved everything. And why would you say, Will these guys turn on me? Will these guys go over to Saul's camp? But somehow he knows that, and he asks God, and God says, yes, yes. How do you handle betrayal? What would David, without God's Spirit, want to do in this town? There would be no town there when Saul got there. I mean, he's just turned around. So, I mean... It doesn't even make sense to us that this is going to happen. But God put within David an understanding. He's this warrior, and he doesn't trust people. He knows how things can happen. Now, I thought about this when I studied this passage. What if David doesn't ask anything here? What if he doesn't ask anything of God? He just stays in the town. Well, let's see how this turns out. You know, sometimes I really believe we get in a lot of trouble. Because we don't pray. We simply don't pray. And we don't ask God the right questions. And we just kind of sit, well, say la vie, it'll turn out like it turns out. No, we need to be praying. We need to be seeking God's face on a routine, daily basis. It's amazing. God wanted to speak. He does speak. We can't live independently from God. You know that. So David is full of questions, and hallelujah, God is full of answers. It's a great thing. Prayer is amazing. Now, another thing we forget in verse 10 and 12, as we did earlier in 2, 3, and 4, here it is, and this is important for you. God knows the future, our future. Anytime David asked, God didn't say, uh, give me 24 hours, I'll get back to you. He already knew the future. So when I pray to God, he does not only know the future of this world, but he knows your future. That's huge. He knows what to do and how to do it. Now, remember, even more complicated than that, seemingly, is this principle we find in Matthew. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Well, Pastor Mark, why ask him then? Why should I pray if he already knows what I need? Remember the whole deal? Number one reason to follow Jesus is to get to know God. So prayer allows me to know God. By the way, he'll help me ask for the right things. He says if we ask in His will, He'll give it to us. So this thing of prayer, spending time with God, it all goes back I mean, really, we just sit here, and God knows the future. No, but he wants us to know him and to trust him. And it's all about a personal relationship. So I encourage you in your quiet time, take time, make sure you're praying, ask the right questions, and respond that God will answer to you. Now verse 13. So David gets, yes, you're in trouble in this town. And yes, these people are going to turn on you. Verse 13. So David and his men about 600 in number, left Keilah and kept moving from place to place. And when Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah, he did not go there. David is going to walk with God. So he's going to trust God. He's going to walk in wisdom. And remember that once God reveals his will, we have to obey it. David could have said, well, they're coming after us, but you know what? I'm tired. We're just going to hang around here for a while. No, he leaves. He leaves. Now, notice something else. What happened to David's army? An increased by what? 50%. He's up to 600 people. Why is that? Well, a number of reasons. Number one, word gets out in the nation about David that he has an army. And what had David just done for the people of Israel in this town, Kiilah? He saved them. So the word gets out, and people that are looking for a good cause, what are they going to do? They're going to follow him. See, a good leader is going to have followers around you. And that's what happens. It just increases. So he goes from 400, now he has 600 men with him, and a godly leader is going to attract people. That's what happens. People want to follow People want to follow pastors, elders, parents that hear from God. Now, notice David doesn't say, well, man, yesterday I was speaking to God. And, you know, he only speaks to us that are leaders. And here's what he said. This is his words to you. You don't have any of this jazz. David said, God, when I asked him, said, here's what we're to do. And that word from God was not just for me, David would say to his men, but it's from you and your families and our families together. See, don't get prideful. Pride is a horrible sin that God hates. When God speaks his word to us, just be humble and go, praise God, you speak. Well, verse 14, David stayed in the desert strongholds in the hills of the of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him. But God did not give David into his hands. How frustrating that must have been for Saul. When I read verse 14, I thought of this principle. Satan is like a roaring lion. He's always going around trying to devour. Day after day after day. You know you're in a spiritual warfare, don't you? Day after day. But notice, any fear? Notice, why not? but god did not give david into his hands you don't have to fear greater is he that's in me in you than he that's in the world but we should be aware of it we should be aware of it now this town of ziph uh, is very near the dead sea very difficult place to inhabit now god is protecting david and all of this is going to start to work together watch how what happens well while david was at horish in the desert of ziph He learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in the Lord. Now, let's just stop there for a moment. Saul, the king, cannot find David. Jonathan goes right to where David is. Is that amazing? Why? Because Jonathan is a man of God. And God directs him right to where David is. That's a beautiful picture. Notice he says in verse 17, don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel. And I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horish. Now, let me just talk about a couple things. First, Jonathan is right when he says in verse 17, you're going to be king over Israel. But Jonathan is wrong in the second statement. Notice the second statement, and I will be second to you. We'll learn later that Jonathan gets killed on a battlefield. He never, ever sees David as the king of Israel. When I read that, I should have the sign up here that says, tomorrow. Because tomorrow, we never know what's coming tomorrow. Now, nothing wrong with his statement. He knows David's going to be around because he's going to be king. He assumes he's going to be there right next to him. Tomorrow didn't come for Jonathan. His tomorrow came a lot sooner than he thought it would come. But what is he doing here? Notice verse 16. And he helped him find strength in God. God is not only protecting David against Saul, but God knew. This is important. God knew that David needed to be encouraged. Do you ever need... To be encouraged? Silly question. We all need to be encouraged. Life is hard. Think of David. I mean, he's he's got four, well, 600. He's got 600 guys that really, boy, what a difficult time. He goes and he saves his whole city, and the whole city turns their back on him, coming against him, going to give him up. He's running. He's lost his family. What does God do? David needs some encouragement. You know, as we go through life, we need encouragement. How did David find encouragement? A couple things here. Number one, God's encouragement. Number one, people and good friends. I was talking to my wife the other day. When we are involved in so many different people's lives... One of the things you need to look for is to be that person that can sense someone in your family, in your friendship, in your neighborhood, at work, at school. Some of you're around enough, you ought to be able to sense they're discouraged. Now, let's just be honest on It's not a disaster to be discouraged. We all get discouraged. The Bible knows it. The Bible says we should encourage one another. You're going to see that in a moment. So... What happens when we do get discouraged? We don't want to tell anybody. I'm not going to admit I'm discouraged. I'm fine. And inside, there's like this cloud over us. So, if I'm spirit-filled, I believe that God would make me sensitive to people that need encouragement. Husbands, wives, same. Kids, same. God knew that David needed to be encouraged. So, He's probably shocked that Jonathan comes right through to him. David can't... I mean, Saul can't find him. Here he comes. Now, what does he bring to him? His best friend. Remember, if you're married, your best friend is your spouse. But we should have some other good friends in our life. And Jonathan risks his life, comes out to this desolaria, doesn't care what his dad thinks, and he helps him find strength in God. So... When you encourage a person, when I encourage a person, it's not just, what are you thinking? Get rid of that stinking thinking. If you know the person enough, you can do that. But really, how do you encourage them? With the Word of God. With the Word of God.
0: In today's message, Pastor Mark talked about God's blessing on David's life and his increasing influence in the land of Israel. David's group of warriors was growing, requiring David to become a better leader. God also sent encouragement to David in the form of his closest friend, Jonathan. This is a reminder that God knows what we need just when we need it, because he loves and cares for us. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next installment of David's Life Story, Pastor Mark will teach about the fact that God knows your future, just like he knew David's future. In the same way he guided David through the trials and potential traps in his life, God wants to lead you in your life. What he requires from you is for you to follow David's example and be a person after his own heart. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: i